0: everybody welcome back to the neutral zone podcast again alongside paul de los santos i'm max miller and uh busy busy week and a half for since the last time we recorded on paul and uh look witness no more baby they they finally got a win we thank you for your service for for betting on the flyers dude we really appreciate it out here in san jose
1: oh that's good you know what's funny is that uh vegas lost their (laughs) no regulation loss and sharks finally got on the board so everyone is finally without a with with a win and with a regulation loss so the league is finally deft of the potential for 81 and oh. yep
0: and it's it, it, the league's finally got some parity if you see me flinch ladies and gentlemen for those that uh, will be watching clips of this that's my cat attacking my legs uh but we move on we press forward hockey is the number one priority not this cat uh although i do love my cat but Look, the sharks are no longer witness uh, winless, and we we have a trade to announce today. Kaylin Addison is now a member of the San Jose Sharks, uh, a twenty-three year old defenseman acquired from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a fifth round pick in twenty twenty-five and a Adam Raska, a prospect who'd been in the Barracuda, who you know hadn't really been getting opportunity, works his butt off, but never got really an opportunity to play for the Cuda too much, just kind of a numbers thing there. But Kalen Addison, you know, we've seen the, and heard of all this upside from him, and. And, and And how he's a puck moving defenseman just never got the chance kind of been in sheltered depth minutes and the darks are in desperate need for a for a puck moving defenseman. It looks like they may have got someone to try out there now
1: well that's a, it's important for them to kind of just try some pieces and try and get some some players who can do that position for them because it just seems like they got to throw stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And you know hopefully hopefully they can gain some momentum here and kind of see that tape that they're playing against like we mentioned we we talk about tape a lot here and how how important it yeah. is. Um, let's see if the Sharks can take this tape against Philadelphia and replicate it and kind of go forward, moving, going forward, move it, move on and kind of play the similar style that got them that win.
0: Yeah, they had some moments where they played really well. You know, they, they didn't play great, and Quinn admitted that. And and they they all feel that they could do better. Obviously, the shotgun, they only had 19 shots last night. Uh, but the zone time, just getting the puck in the zone and creating opportunities was there. I think, you know, they started off by firing pucks early, and they kind of slowed down on that, so if they can get back on on that. But, uh, you know, with Kalen Addison there, obviously, so last night, you know, they went back to five forwards on on the power play. Willie Mecklin with a nice power play goal. And that was four on three. But uh, Mike Greer in, in, the, in the press release that... The Sharks acquired Addison. Mike Greer said Kalen is quote a talented young defenseman who sees the ice well and moves the puck. Well, he is very good. He is a very good player on the power play and we're excited to add him to our group. Now, I also want to mention that, you know, Mike Greer did meet with the media in a 45 minute sit down conversation. It was pretty cool to be a part of um, on Monday. And one thing that we talked about is, you know, how much is, let's start this was prior to their first win yesterday how much is this start affecting you know why are they going to do something to maybe make a move for now or or what are they going to do and he was very adamant that he's not ready to give up on the long-term goal obviously that is going to be the key and you know it seemed like a pretty obvious answer but this is the quote that stuck out for me and it kind of matches given today's trade. He said yeah there's and, some
1: I feel that that's the right way to go about this you don't want to panic especially when you're to rebuild yeah. like you don't want to try and force things I think that's the big thing that I feel Mike Greer is going to be patient. And I think that may or less dictate what he does with David Quinn.
0: Yeah, for sure. Honestly, look, people are making the fact that David Quinn is on the hot seat. I think if they just play competitive games, maybe they continue to lose a little more, which I expect. But if they just play better, I don't. I don't see him getting fired. Uh, what 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 Greer told us was if there's something that uh, if there's something there that maybe fits what we want to do long term age wise and player profile wise then maybe there's things we'll look at. We're not going to do anything that would jeopardize or get in the way of our young players' development or more important draft capital just to try and salvage the season. There is no season to salvage. That is the perfect answer. And if you look at player profile wise, the Sharks are in need of a puck moving defenseman, and they didn't want to. And then he's 23. And Kylan Asson is 23 years old. To me, that fits what this team needs short term and could possibly work out long term.
1: Yeah, it could work out long term, and especially if he develops and the way the Sharks are developing, it feels like that he can. They can't. He can be that missing piece for that young decor and that young young team in general. Be a, a puck moving defenseman. Do you profile him as being a potential top top four defenseman at all?
0: On this team, yes. I think right off the bat, I think he jumps in as a top four defenseman. I, I think, you know, like Kyle Burroughs had been running the number one power play unit for a while before last night. Nik- Nik- Nikolai Konejov, who's a good skater, can move the puck okay, had been on the other unit, but he's been scratched the last few games with only getting into one of them. Uh, Jacob McDonald, who was had a really good game, is now playing forward, Reactivated the injury that that uh, he got in uh, training camp. So he's no longer available, and they call up Oscar Lindblom today. So... McDonald, who was a defenseman, who was playing forward, was playing in the you know as a quarterback on the power play. So this kind of brings that in, and the you know I think Addison will come in with a with a pretty prominent role. He's been pretty sheltered, and and we'll see. Quinn said today that he will be available tomorrow. There's no if you know if he's supposed to get into San Jose today. Um, we did not see him at practice today. Um, but you know we'll, we'll see if he gets in. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits for a game, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he gets in. But I I, I think he's gonna get tossed right in. Um, uh. I guess forget if Kalen addison is a right-handed or left-handed let me look it up really quickly uh but it depending on uh it, where he is left-handed or right-handed um it will kind of determine where he is in the lineup the sharks have a lot of left-handed players he is a righty so that's pretty significant so maybe we'll see him against or with mario ferraro uh ty emerson has been there maybe we'll see him with with vlasic and they try and do a vlasic carlson combo with it? i don't know but sharks have been in need of another right-handed defenseman not named john ruda so yeah but, you know, obviously a lot more has gone on this week. The Sharks finally got their win. But Vegas, you know, there there were some injury news updates today. Chandler Stevenson is out. And obviously mm-hmm. our teams are matching up later this week. And that should be a fun one. I, you get to finally see him in person and see how bad the team I've been watching is. And <laughs> it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. We, we, as Jesse Granger called on media. They're, they're must-watch TV as long as they're giving up goals. And they weren't giving up goals against Philadelphia. So they're not must-watch TV. They're just a bad team. But the point is, is that Chandler Stevenson will be out on Friday. He probably won't play. He probably won't play the first game of the road trip. But we'll see how his upper body injury heals. Zach Whitecloud though is on the, is close to returning. Oh. He may play on Friday if he That's goes huge. through the next traffic. If he goes through the next two days without any issues, he was in full contact today. Uh, Zach, yeah. So Zach Whitecloud, you know, kind of getting healthy. The back, the blue line hasn't been hasn't been at full strength at all this year for Vegas. So we're we're one step away. We have five out of the six to see once uh, happen what happens when Vegas gets healthy at the blue line and then forwards they got they got they have big roster forward depth but after you go Jonas Rombear and Brendan Besson, there's not much really there so um but they have they they can move some pieces around and play forward especially they got like they have five centermen. They got. They just moved Howden and Amadio to the wing just because they can play there, and now they're yeah. playing center for them. So, you know, Vegas is Vegas is doing well, and they're not a team that loses two in a row very often. They no. lost to Anaheim on Sunday, and they play LA tonight uh, when we're recording this on uh, November eighth. They're playing LA, so that should be an interesting matchup between the top two teams in the Pacific.
0: Yeah, Cam Talbot getting this art. He's been terrific for them. Um, and I believe Aiden Hill is getting to the start for them tonight. So that should be fun. I mean, look, I'm excited to to watch that game. That should be an interesting game to watch. Obviously, uh, some other news and notes around the NHL. Look, we've got a tank bowl if you want to throw in some football coming up on Thursday for the Sharks. Uh, we're only two points behind the opponent to play on Thursday in the Edmonton Oilers. Look, Jack Campbell, we, you know, this is a podcast about our two teams, but also the Pacific Division. Jack Cameron on waivers and cleared and now assigned to the AHL. I just want to get your immediate reaction. Obviously it was like a bit of surprise that he was waived, but like at the same time, not what was your reaction to it? And and I, I wasn't surprised crazy, but it was like, Oh, they actually went through with it type of surprise.
1: I was more surprised that they actually did it because that's as like you, Jack Campbell carries, oh, I think a $5 million cap hit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a move you make without knowing the repercussions because you, I mean, that basically tells me that they know what they got. In terms of Stuart Skinner and hopefully they they know exactly what they got from Jack Campbell, which is not much. But it's not necessarily completely their fault. They're not good, but they're not completely to blame. But it's 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 a mess in Edmonton and we saw Connor McDavid just going after everyone and <laughs> on on I think I was it was Monday? Monday's game against the Maple Leafs? Yeah. Yeah. He went after everyone. He was going crazy on the ice. And you could tell the frustrations kicking in for Connor McDavid a little bit. So they he's have like to got try two something goals on the year. Yeah. And he had ba- barely has any primary or secondary assists. So it's, it's...
0: I think he's still injured. I, I I don't believe he's fully healthy and it's an upper body injury. They said it was a muscle injury. So maybe it's something with, you know, the trap or, or the bites, you know, something that's just affecting him and his game is built on his speed, but like his hands, if he doesn't have, like he scored 60 goals last year, like, He's got two, like, it's not mm-hmm. a given this year that he's going to win. I mean, a lot of the awards are wide open because of him and dry struggles. So it's not to knock them as players, but like, I mean, eventually teams got to figure it out. And, and you talk about, you know, it's not just the goaltending, like the defensive organization just isn't there. And then on top of that, they can't get a time to save from either Campbell or Skinner. Now Calvin Pickard, he, he's just, he's been all around. He's been all around. So we'll see. Uh, look, if there's any game to get right, it's, it's, thursday against the sharks
1: yeah it's thursday and if they can't if if mcdavid really is still hurt and i see playing i mean i mean the season you got loser points the loser points will keep you in and you have dry sidle i don't understand why mcdavid is forcing himself to play i feel i feel if jay woodcroft's job is literally on the balance on thursday if he does not beat the sharks because the sharks will have matched the win total of the edmonton oilers if they win on thursday
0: they'll have the same points they'll be tied in the standings
1: Mm -hmm. which is insane to me if you said edmonton and san jose will be starting off the season through the first 15 games with the same point total everyone would have been you're nuts
0: yeah. And uh, look, as much as I I don't, I mean, Edmonton loves to fire coaches. I don't think Jay Woodcroft should be fired. I don't think he's the problem. I think the problem is higher up in Ken Holland. Um, I think at what point do you say, hey, you brought in Nurse, you signed him to this contract. You brought in Campbell, you signed him to this contract. You brought in um, Connor Brown. Oh, yay. Well, he, he's in the fourth line, hasn't scored a point. Ford Fogle is the only player outside the top six who has a point. Uh, or I believe who has a goal. And I think it was an empty netter. Like there's a lot more issues than just the goaltending, which is a major issue, but it's even further than that. And and I don't think Woodcroft is the problem, but Edmonton loves to fire coaches.
1: They do. And and I, I just think, you know, I, I, we were going over it. Like we looked at Devin taze's contract versus Daryl nurse contract. You're, you're, you're looking at, that's like insane. And believe it or not, um, com, uh, Kale McCarr, he makes less than Daryl Nurse on the annual average hit.
0: Yeah, and you look at both of them as a pair, what do they do better than – I mean, Nurse is with CeCe, who's eh. – Matthias Ekholm, I think, has been a great pair for Evan Bouchard. Bouchard is getting a little bit of a bad rap for his bad defense, but, like, he's not there for that. Like, he's no. there to to help get the puck out. You can't blame him for having bad defense. Like, CC and Nurse, who are there to be the shutdown pair, Nurse is making too much money to be the shutdown pair. It, it, you're getting so much more with Taves and, and McCarr then you're getting with Nurse and CC Clef, not Clefbaum. Um I mean since Cluckbomb has gone away with his injuries, that defense has been in shambles.
1: Mm-hmm. And it feels it just feels like your Edmonton, you know what you did well? You make a drastic change in your defensive system with players who don't fit, who don't fit the system. They're not big blocking guys like Vegas and they run to 1-3-1 which is they're Defense is not meant. Team. Yeah. They're, they're, they're supposed that. They, I think there's thinking that offense and under rush and, and, and everything else is going to work for them. doesn't work for them, but you can't make that drastic change with the players you currently have. And it doesn't right.
0: fit. You look at a team like the New York Rangers and they try to play that kind of off the rush, you know, go, go bump and run hockey. Sorry. The cat has attacked the first time this, uh, this <laughs> recording. Um, but you look at the Rangers, right? To finish that thought, you look at uh, you know, they brought in Peter Laviolette, instituted that one three-one and less off the rush and more kind of possession-based gameplay and and ship through the neutral zone and disrupting style of play for a team like Taco, which doesn't have a crazy amount of speed. They have some players, Keandre Miller, Chris Kreider, Will Cooley, those guys can skate. But you look at the Panarin and and Lafreniere and and, and Hito who can who can skate, but those guys, you know, they're more IQ heavy type players. Like that's what that's what the Oilers aren't and that mm-hmm. system works for the rangers and the oilers are a speed team Nugent hopkins connor brown when healthy obviously mcdavid and you, you've got um uh, everybody there that's meant to be a speed type player speed finesse go go type hockey and the defensive system just the structure isn't there to play a trap speed up like they're too flat-footed they're they're they're, they're north south they're not they're not just north stop south. Like they've got to keep the flow of the game going, in that defense where it stands still just throws them out of position. And then the goaltending has never been great. I wasn't high on Skinner last year. Yeah, he got hot. Obviously, Campbell struggled, and playoffs Skinner got burnt out, and and he just can't get it back.
1: No, he can't. I I to me, if there's a fireable offense for Jay Woodcroft, it's the fact that he's forcing, he's he's tweaked too much. Yeah. He's tweaked too much on terms of trying to correct what went wrong against Vegas. What went wrong against Vegas? You could not win five on five.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and now their power play is not working. I mean, they're 31st in league in scoring only ahead of the San Jose sharks who have scored 15 goals in 12 games. Like that's not good. And the sharks have a decent power play. Surprisingly, they had a power play goal last night. Like, their power play is getting going, and they're only going to get better with Kaylin Addison and eventually Kucher when he comes back, who's still not on the ice. Look, you you you've talked about it a lot, Paul. Like you say, this is a, a copycat league, and the Oilers are trying to be the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're just not. You can't be. Eichel is not McDavid. McDavid is not Eichel. They're their own players. You look at this year's draft class. You look at Ma- uh, Macklin Celebrini. I look at him. And as a Jack Eichel type player, he's a guy who will score goals and do everything he needs. He's going to grow into his butt a little bit smaller than Eichel. He's not a speed finesse, like mega skill guy like Matthews or McDavid, but he's more of a guy who will work hard, do whatever he needs and put the puck in the net when he needs to. And I think Eichel could have a little bit more offensively to his game, he, that's not what that team needs. And he's giving up a little bit. I mean, he's gonna score 85, 90 points this year, which is gonna be great. When he first came to the league, we thought he was a 100, 110 point guy, but he's doing more. McDavid is the hundred and fifty point guy where he needs to be the offensive juggernaut for his team to be successful because the rest of his team is doing nothing.
1: Well, and, and the thing about Jack Eichel is that people don't want to say it. He's never I say he's never gonna be a hard contender, but he's yeah. selkie. He'll be a selkie guy if you if you'll really think commits. about it this year. Yeah. Think about it think like and and people in vegas some people in vegas think that's that's be all, that's below jack eichel Patrice bergeron oh. made a career out of selkies
0: he's gonna be a hall of famer two stanley Cup. to two no one stanley cup one stanley cup one stanley cup i mean i'm of the nature that the selkie should be named the bergeron trophy at oh yeah point. like like just give him the title of it now it's gonna be a couple years but give the selkie trophy that's bergeron trophy now like you look at, it, I would say, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, like, two mm-hmm. of the best defensive forwards in the league. I mean, Mark Stone has nominated for the Celtic a couple of times. Yep. Like, throw Jack Eichel in there, you've got a defensive system on your top six, on two separate lines, that are just blocking everything. One's mm-hmm. a winger, one's a centerman. Like, you're just set defensively, and that rubs off on the guys against you. Look at David Pashanak. He's, he's a capable defender. Not the best at it, but he's a capable defender. Mm-hmm. Brad Marchand is a top penalty. I mean, their top penalty was Marshan Bergeron. Eichel is out there. Mark Stone is out there on the penalty kill, but they're on different units. They breed others. Brett Howden is a good penalty kill. That's mm-hmm. another one through the middle. Like, And Brett Howden, who did he play with last season? Oh, right, Mark Stone. So his mm-hmm. defense, which was already good, went up to another level. So yeah. look, it, it, it's you can't discount Jack Eichel's ability to play defense. And it's not to say McDavid doesn't, but that's not what he, like his game is not meant to be a defensive player. It's meant to be a player who can be the offensive juggernaut.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and I think that's, and then add the fact that you have more offensive-minded defensemen in Edmonton. They're oh, not. Yeah. They're not willing to step in. They're not going to put two guys at the post and expect them to block shots and clean up garbage. Right. They're They're expected to get the puck, get it out of the zone, get it to the speed guys, and go.
0: Right. One of them join the rush. One of them stay back. Mm-hmm. Darnell Nurse tries to do it, but he can't. Cody Ceci's meant to stay back. That third line of Darnay and and Broberg doesn't even play. Bouchard and Ekholm is a great pair, but I don't think it's a number one pair. To me, that's a that's a two three pair, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense because you have a one and two. Will you split them up then? They don't have enough depth defensively to be successful right now. Look, this is a classic Oilers rough start, but this is this this one is, feels a little bit different. And one thing that you know we the Oilers athletic write-up today, uh, I believe his name was uh, Daniel. He came in. I forget exactly what his name was. Daniel, uh, he came in a day early and he asked. He asked david quinn an interesting question today he said you know what's the difference between you know jay Wood?" he told us that jay woodcroft said that losing early is different than going on a losing streak in the middle of the season and david quinn said this he said it is different because when you have that success built up before in the beginning of the season it's easier to know that hey we know we can play better we've done it you look at the sharks you look at the oilers like they're struggling there's no way like hey like last year the sharks played better but they had eric carlson last year edmonton tried to play like you know they got off to slowish but it's different there's a different feeling to losing early than it is middle because you don't have the success this year to to be able to be like i know i can get back to that level type situation
1: yeah and and edmonton they don't even have the luxury of saying we played well in the playoffs five on five they were terrible and that's the thing is that they don't have any good recent history to go off of and and that's and that's tough when you're trying to like build confidence in a team and when they're seeing and basically it's deflating like now you're expecting Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle to do too much, and now they're gripping the stick too tight. Now for guys who, you know, who can score seemingly at a whim, Dreisaddle was killing the Vegas Golden Knights, yeah, in the playoff series. And mcdavid had been calling him the best player in the world at one point, right? And and he's and, up there. He still is. But yeah. he, you need it. It's a team sport for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's a team sport for a reason. They're, 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 like, you know, you put them on the same line, you basically have just. You went to a one your your line, one
0: line of, like, team. Yeah. Nugent Hopkins isn't going to carry a line. Like, no. that's just not that's not a thing. Like, it, it's their good team, not a great team. They've got, they need help. Um, uh, they, they screen Washington Capitals before they won the cup. So, you know, they're going to miss the playoffs this year, win the President's Trophy next year, win the cup. That's obviously what's going to happen here. We're all either going to fire, it's going to be the whole thing. If they fire Woodcroft, who do you bring in? Gallant? Do you do bring in, like, who do you bring in? Like, who's available? You're not going to bring, like, Dallas. there's no he one available no like what no. do you? galantz is the only one i could think they bring in but even then i don't think you know what's he gonna do you are not bob bugner's a no like no. he you're not bringing him in like he just there's nothing out there torts would have been or not Torts. that uh, trots would have been the guy but he's now running nashville mm-hmm. he's running a great ship i mean he's putting a product on the ice that fans are enjoying to watch but he's got a plan he's executing it there's nobody really out there look if the sharks beat edmonton and Edmonton fires someone, puts an uh, an interim on there, waits for Quinn to get fired, then they hire Quinn. That would be the story of the century. I don't think that's happening, but that would be hilarious to me.
1: That would be hilarious, but that's what might keep Jake Woodcroft there is the fact there's no viable candidate to save your season if you're going
0: to fire him. Do they swap for DJ Smith when he gets fired? I mean, it's almost inevitable that he's going to get fired. Like, with all the stuff they've got going on in Ottawa with Michael Anlauer and, mm-hmm. you know, that the getting rid of Dorian, the, the first round pick was the easy excuse to get rid of him. Obviously, new GM, new owner, like, it, he's not your guy. Like, yeah. DJ Smith is almost there. And then, look, I they go to Sweden next week against Toronto. Like, it's a whole, there's a lot of storylines in the NHL now that we're kind of past that. Right. The NHL's like, now we're into the thick of things here. Like, mm-hmm. things are going on. Yeah. And, and I just,
1: you may like if you if the if the oilers are gonna make a change, it has to be systematic it has to be everything. It has to be GM, coach, and
0: I think coach could stay. I think it needs yeah, to coach be could GM, stay, but... but then, then like I said before with the GM, that's not his guy, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So one thing to keep an eye on is if Woodcroft makes it through the season, maybe he loses in the first round. Let's say he loses his job. One guy to keep an eye on is, is, Sharks defensive coach, Ryan Rosofsky. It's rumors of maybe going to Nashville. He's, 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 he's the next guy, the young assistants to like get the next job. He's, he's that guy, Ryan Rosofsky, you know, couple interviews, decided to stay with the Sharks. I mean, he, the players rave about him. He's got a good defensive system. It just hasn't been executed. Um, But, I mean, you look at players like – I mean, he unlocked Derek Carlson, mm-hmm. who had not been that good in his career ever. Like, that was a career season, and he was with Ryan Rosofsky for a full season, right? Like, that's significant. Sharks coaching staff is better than people anticipate, and I think the roster is an issue. But, you know, if maybe he, he becomes available – uh, in the off season, I, I, he's really well loved around here. So who knows what happens there? I, it's a whole thing. Lots of stuff going on in the NHL, the Pacific Division. But look, you know the biggest thing that I think we we still they're still rolling is is the Vancouver Canucks.
1: Mm-hmm. Vancouver, Vancouver Canucks, them, they're flying. And and we were just talking about that today at the morning skate for Vegas. We were talking about him, and we we're just like, they're gonna regress. But had they banked but how enough, much? Yeah, but how, they've banked enough points to. Basically, be in that conversation. They're kind of like Seattle last year. Yeah. They banked enough points early on where they can regress and they'll be okay.
0: And here's the thing: in-, in Seattle, they didn't have the goaltending; they had to keep their offense up. I think they're, I think they're going to even out. I think their defense will weaken a little bit. Mm-hmm. Demco's playing out of his mind, but that's Demco being Demco. I think the key is can Quinn Hughes found a deep partner in Philip Piranek? Like yep. that trade is is I think the trade of the deadline last year. And It was like, why did Detroit do that? And now we're seeing why Vancouver went after. I mean, they gave a first round pick for him, but. Phil Verona explained, like 23 minutes a night. Quinn Hughes is having a Norris trophy level season. He's now mm. the betting odds favorite to be a, a, the Norris winner. Elias Pedersen leads the league in points. Like, this team is setting up really nicely. They lead the league in goal scoring. They're, they're goal different. Like, I, I heard a stat on NHL Network Radio today. Quinn Hughes has been on the ice for 15 goals forward even strength. He's been on the ice for three goals against even strength. That's pretty damn good. For a guy that was a bad defender, he's mm. a pretty darn
1: good one. Yeah, he is. and And... We say when we say Vancouver is going to regress, they're going to give up more goals. They're going to score less. It's just going to go through
0: slumps. Yeah, everybody does.
1: They're going to go through slumps. They they they'll have to go east. That's they went they went east and did well, a little bit. I think did they go east already?
0: I don't think they've gone east. They, the Rangers came there and played. There oh yeah, the Rangers for, went there. Never mind. Game.
1: It was the other way around. The Rangers went west,
0: <laughs> and went five 0 on that trip. That was wild. I'll look yeah. it up when they're going east right now. But go ahead.
1: But I mean, Vancouver will regress. I mean, are they are – they le- I asked you last night, are they legit? I feel they are. I feel they're a legit playoff team. It's, it's just can they – now the question is no longer can they make the playoffs and make the playoffs. It's can they catch L.A. and Vegas. I think that's yeah. the bigger question. Can they make that leap to that next level and be that team that pushes Vegas and L.A.? Because that's the big question. Because while Edmonton's slumming it down there with San Jose, Vancouver stepped up and became that the place where Edmonton's supposed to be right now.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it, that's, you know, you talk about that. And so tomorrow they're in Ottawa and then in Toronto and in Montreal and then back home against the Islanders. Look, they, they're, this is their first test. Like Ottawa, we'll see what happens there. Toronto's a test. Montreal's not going to go away quietly. Then they've got the easy schedule, right? Then it's Islanders home Calgary, Seattle. And then they play the sharks twice in a week, but you know, they, they've got to, like, they've got, if they keep rolling here to start, like the second half of the month from November on the 18th onward, they play, uh, all they play seattle twice they play the sharks twice they play vegas anaheim and then they play colorado Colorado's the only team that's not in their division like these are if they can get points obviously you would expect four points against the sharks you expect maybe three or four points against seattle you expect two more points from anaheim who knows what happens against van against vegas like this team if they can keep going through the second half of november then we're really talking about okay could this team be potential to be a, a top two seed in in the division, like you're talking about. Could they maybe challenge for Vegas in the in the in the title race? Could they challenge LA for the two seed for a two three matchup? Like Calgary's not doing anything. Seattle's slowly getting better, and then the Sharks. And Anaheim. Anaheim's great. They're going to regress. Like Anaheim, mm. great start. It's it's going to happen. It happened to the Sharks a couple years ago. They started off great. We're like, what is this? And then they faltered and went terrible. Take- uh, last year they were just bad, and then they were okay throughout the way. But like Anaheim, they're going to regress. Like they they're going to regress vancouver like they've got a great mix of young and old like mm-hmm. their coaching i think having a full season a full training camp with talk it has helped tremendously this team knows what they're expecting and Talkit, i think just was brought in a little too early to arizona and where arizona is now and where vancouver is now i think is where he should have brought in for for arizona because he's got mix of veterans peterson is is developed right he doesn't need to develop peterson he can add to peterson he can add to quinn hughes he can bring in guys like philip Horonic who know their role he can he he knows jt miller's role and what he can do and he knows his strengths he can implement them into his system he knows where to put guys and he knows how to manage a game extremely well instead of developing guys and he's developing young guys but look Pat Coulson is in the minors. Uh, all these guys are in the minors, like developing as they should be, and they'll bring them up when they need be. And he knows they've got some NHL experience, so they know what they need to expect. Talkett is doing a terrific job. And I think just that full off season has really just been a breath of fresh air. And for so much that's gone on there, this is needed from them.
1: Poor Bruce Cassidy. He he'll probably have a president's trophy like season, and he's going to end up finishing second to Rick Tockett in their Coach of the Year award.
0: You know what? He's going to finish second to Jim Montgomery again because the Bruins don't lose apparently in the regular season.
1: Well, Bruce Cassidy didn't finish in the top four.
0: That's wild.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the wild thing is that Bruce Cassidy with didn't all the finish...
0: injuries and everything that they've mm-hmm. dealt with and all. Yeah, that's wild. Who knows? But I, you know, Jim Montgomery might be the greatest regular season coach of all time right now. He just doesn't lose.
1: No. Well, yeah, he doesn't. Then he just doesn't lose. He's probably he just not doesn't lose,
0: lose in the regular season.
1: Yeah. And, and that they'll that, bring up a discussion when we get close to the playoff time on what yeah. we should do with that president's trophy. <laughs> when, Toss president's it trophy. out.
0: Nobody get rid of it. It's not going to help you in the playoffs. Yeah. Marty Buran said today that he thinks the Rangers are going to win the president's trophy. Hold your horses there, pal. Oh, well, yeah.
1: Hold your horses. Hold Vegas has to play they San got Jose. A, three Vegas times. has to
0: play. Yeah. Vegas has to play San Jose three times. The Rangers have to play Carolina. They have to play New Jersey. They have to play uh, Toronto. They have to play Boston. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: hold your horses there, pal. You've got the Ducks, the, the Kraken, the Flames, the Oilers, all in the same division as mm-hmm. Vegas and Vancouver. Like, this is the most top-heavy division, is the Pacific division. And look, we may have the division with most headlines, but the weirdest ones, we have Vegas who doesn't lose, Vancouver who doesn't lose, Anaheim who's got a six-game winning streak, Calgary's in shambles, and then you've got the the, the trash cans in San Jose and Edmonton, which nobody expected Edmonton to be in. It's a weird, it's a weird division, and I'm happy we're doing a podcast on it because who knows what happens this week. Yeah, it is, and
1: like we joke that we joke that the Pacific Division isn't like an elite division, but it's a crowded one in terms of what in terms of what it does. I mean, every every position is crowded. I mean, you got the bottom three, and then you got the top three, and then you got the middling got the middling pair of Anaheim and Seattle.
0: If Edmonton wins the draft lottery again, if they win the draft lottery again, I'm gonna be so mad. This is the year it's rigged i say rigged it's not actually rigged people in the sharks favor yes macklin celebrini's father works as a trainer for the golden state warriors macklin celebrini played for the san jose junior sharks which is the same place that where the sharks play this is their youth program if there's ever a year for it to be rigged in the sharks favor it's this year but yeah look, i think you got cole Eicerman in there too like even if the sharks are going to be guaranteed a top three pick this year like mm-hmm. Like, they're going to finish last in the league. If they finish second to last in the league, then they got hot for, like, seven games. And And Edmonton really collapsed. (laughs) Edmonton or Chicago really, really, really collapsed. But, look, it's going to be interesting, the rest of the division. I think Edmonton still gets in as a wild card two, maybe wild card one. We'll see. I think if they blow out the Sharks on Thursday, which I think it's going to be, like, a 4-2-5-3 win, and they get some confidence, and I think it's going to be, like, a back and forth, but they feel like they get a save. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see if Calvin Pickard starts Thursday, but I think it's going to be Skinner because he needs confidence. And Sharks have scored three goals once, two two other times, and the rest one goal or zero goals. So we'll see. Maybe it's a get right game for the Sharks. Who knows?
1: Oh, maybe it's a get right game. It's a get right game for somebody because it's it's it it's not it's it's not going to be like you would think that McDavid and Drysdale is like must watch TV against a really bad Sharks team, but they have not been good it's just I mean, not David
0: hasn't been must watch tv
1: no he hasn't and then and then they come to vegas and then san jose comes to vegas on friday so we're excited I'm excited
0: for you to watch my team in person. <laughs> I really am
1: we're exci- we're excited for the wrong reasons we're, we we joked that if they were winless walking into vegas that it was the perfect trap game for vegas
0: <laughs> i was um uh i i so i sit next to 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 one of your co-workers in, in shalanta goldman at, up in the press box uh and she and i are, are are laughing yesterday in the press box about how twitter and everybody's going nuts about oh my god the sharks are winning could this possibly be i mean the whole world was watching last mm-hmm. night and 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 i'll leave you with this as we it was close to running out of time here the philadelphia flyers are the only team in NHL history to lose to a team that is oh 10 and one twice oh they they did it against Arizona in uh let me pull it up really quick. I can't get over this. It came out last night um that, that they were also lost to the Arizona team that lost 11 straight to start a season back, and I believe it was uh 16-17. Uh yeah, so in 17-18, the Flyers lose to the O 10 and 1 Arizona Coyotes in 23-24. The Flyers lose to O ten and one Sharks. They're the only team in NHL history to lose twice to a team that has gone winless in 10 plus games on mm. the season. And I just I can't, like they're the only team to do that twice. Yeah, that's brutal.
1: Brutal, brutal time for uh. I mean, uh, the Flyers are not having a bad year, but still,
0: we'll see. Paul, what you got coming up this week? Obviously, my Sharkies are coming in on Friday, but uh, obviously tonight there's a game. You'll be there. Keep it locked in. Tell us, uh, tell us what you what you got on the on the docket for us. What you got on the schedule?
1: You know, I've been saving a lot of stuff, given there's a six-game road trip coming up. I mean, to visit Washington and get to see the White House next week. But we got a six-game road trip next week, so I'm going to unload a lot of my notebooks next week. I mean, this week is kind of just filled with game coverage of the next next two games between L.A. Yeah. and San Jose. But we got a couple things. I mean, we're going to look at the power play and how it's kind of improved a little bit from last year and the special teams just in general. Like, I think there's some things we can look at. We're going to look at, you know, what's funny is that we – it's just – this is the first real road trip, so it's gonna be interesting to see how Vegas reacts to going east. Where last year, I mean, if they win, assuming they assuming they win one of the two games, they'll be twelve, either twelve two and one or twelve one and two. That's just as good as the start they had last year when they started fourteen and two.
0: I I, I think. Vegas honestly needs to get away from home. I think they're starting to get settled in too much and mm-hmm. kind of not get complacent, but they're getting a little too relaxed. They're comfortable right now. Get the team going, obviously, it's a similar team from last year, but a couple of new bodies, get the team in the road, get some bonding going, mm-hmm. get some teams going. You get to just different environment, you know, it's not at a crazy long extended road trip, but it's a longer one, but it's enough to where it's like, okay, remember like you got to focus on details. It kind of wakes the brain up. Triggers yeah. so like, okay, we're different, we got to Little things, small details here and there. And I think going on the road will really help Vegas. I thought that was gonna help the Sharks. It did a little bit, but when they came home, they kind of like over relaxed and and mm-hmm. and I think they finally picked back up. The conversation we were having with the players resonated. But I think for Vegas, like you said, I think once they hit the road, I think, you know, they're gonna play the sharks and then hit the road and they're gonna have a good taste in their mouth because they're gonna kill the sharks because well, you know, that's what they do. Um and uh we'll go from there it should be fun but i'm excited to see some of the stuff obviously you said you've been saving it it's been a lot of game coverage games are coming hard and fast so it'll be fun where where can people find your stuff and i know the growth of your your pages is is coming
1: yeah it's a uh, thn.com slash vegas um what do you got going for you guys
0: uh, for me, I put out a, a really cool piece today about Anthony Duclair. He he's starting to find his groove. The biggest thing for me is his a guy like Philip DeZadino on Monday was not a part of line rushes and doing a regroup drill. Every time one of the reps finished for Anthony Duclair, went over support. He just seems to be a guy that he's the go-to guy that's supporting the team. I put this out today on on, on, on THN.com San Jose. It's a really interesting piece. Something that I wasn't kind of expecting that I kind of found. And it's been nice to see he's the kind of the the support. I mean, he's been on seven different NHL teams. This is his 11th full season, Twelfth NHL. It's his 11th season, but he played nine for the Rangers his rookie year. So technically 12 seasons in the NHL and he's been all over the place. So he knows what it's like. He knows what experience and he's settling in. Now he's starting to feel comfortable. The sharks may have found some line combinations that work. And when they get Couture back, it'll be even better. So, you know, I'm gonna have a little bit more player profiles, Mackenzie Blackwood has been terrific per usual. He told me yesterday my last little thing before I wrap us up here is is he was really funny. I was talking to Kyle Burrows about how he was, you know, playing against Vancouver and this, that, just talking about the record. Blackwood comes over, starts untying his skates, couldn't do it. He goes, Kyle, how the heck do you tie your skates? I can't do it. I'm not I'm done. I'm not doing this, walks away. And then I was like, What are you doing? He goes, I'm in a silly goofy mood today. And it worked. So I asked yeah. so him, I said, Did this silly goofy mood work? Today he goes, You gotta stay relaxed, man. You gotta stay confident.
1: Yeah, and that's how Vegas. They, there's never a day where Vegas is not loose,
0: and that's that's something the Sharks have done in practice that they just need to bring to games. And you look at Vegas, you look at the Sharks during practice, at least similar. Keep it loose, keep it confident, keep the competitive spirit up. But you need to be focused in game time. But if you grow them in gripping your stick too tight, that seed of doubt comes in. So now I think the Sharks could get a little bit more of a rhythm. Not going to win too many more games, but they're going to be more like they were last year. I think, but. Paul, this will pretty much do it for the latest of the neutral zone. Appreciate you working with my busy schedule. We were supposed to record Monday, but as I'm driving there, I get a text from SharksBR. Hey, you're getting Greer today, so go ahead and prep. I'm like, I'm 10 minutes away from the rink. When, <laughs> what is what is happening here? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. But, Paul, thanks again for, for working with the schedule. Enjoy the games tonight, and enjoy my Sharkies on Friday. Oh, we will. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, obviously, we'll be here next week. Check out all of our stuff, THN.com slash Vegas, THN.com slash San Jose. For everybody here at the Hockey News, for Paul De Los Santos, I'm Max Mo. This has been The Neutral Zone.